0: I made this just for you and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over again to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets or use the link in the show notes and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Are you sick and tired of professional development that isn't relevant to you in the field as being a school-based SLP or an SLP that works with school-aged children. I hear you. I've been there too. I've sat through countless amounts of professional development where I walked away saying, that was great if I worked with one student or that would be great if X, Y, and Z. And that is why I created the Speech Retreat Conference And I'm so excited to let you know that tickets are on sale now for our July 17th speech retreat. You don't want to miss this amazing professional development that has provided practical and relevant information for school-based SLPs for the last couple of years. Join the thousands of other SLPs tuning in each time we provide sessions that are hand-selected based on your preferences and your Requests. We're going to be talking all about literacy based for older students, life skills for high school kids, working with the special ed team, pushing in, IEPs and goal writing, and so much more. So get excited and head on over to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. You don't want to miss out because we are already giving away tons of prizes in our exclusive Facebook group. So don't wait, join, sign up right away so you can join that Facebook group and join in on the fun and celebrate being an awesome SLP that you are and get ready to learn so much information on July 17th. Can't tune in live? Make sure you sign up ahead of time so you get access to all of the recordings. You can only get access to it if you sign up beforehand. So make sure you head to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. Now on to today's episode. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I'm the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee. This podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's coffee talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am so excited to have today's guest on the air. I know many of you in the schools are working with students that are also seeing children in private practices or outside therapy or want to recommend students to outside therapy because they might not qualify for school based therapy. And I know you guys have a lot of questions for my guest today. So, Lexi Smith, who has a private practice in Austin, Texas, Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Tell everyone listening a little bit about your backstory, what got you into private practice, home health, and where you're at in your SLP journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started my SLP journey a little bit differently than most. I'm from Houston, and then I went to the University of Texas at Austin and did my undergrad in retail merchandising but I soon realized that after an internship in New York, that it wasn't really the right path for me. So I had one of those mid college life crises, and, you know, took some classes and then really realized that like, I loved working with people and wanted to do speech. And so I looked into PT, but it wasn't really for me and looked into OT wasn't really for me. And I just, I loved all of the things speech related. So I shadowed around town and just kind of got my speech journey started there. (laughs) So then I ended up having to take a year of leveling classes to do speech to prepare for grad school. And then I went to grad school at UT Austin as well. So big longhorn over here. (laughs) Um, And then I ended up working at a private practice in pediatrics here in Austin. And I was there for like three years. I loved it. It was such a great experience such a great learning environment, but it put me in the path that I'm on today. I just realized that I really wanted to broaden my horizons and really do my own thing. and I felt like it was a natural stopping point for me there and then kind of time to go out on my own. So it inspired me to see private clients, and I just kind of realized I kept getting asked like, do you do this on the side? Do you do this on the side? When I joined a home health company, I was like, I don't, but I should.
0: And so
1: (laughs) that's how I started my own company. And it's called Cascada Resilient Therapy. Cascada is C-A-S-C-A-D-A. And we'll have links
0: to everything in the show notes, not to worry.
1: (laughs) Everyone's like, how do you spell that? But it's just because it means waterfall in Spanish and it's just symbolic. And I'm half Colombian. So it's just a, a symbolic representation for me, which is why I named my company that.
0: Do you have a certain type of clientele that you tend to see in your practice? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I
1: specialize in the early intervention, probably like toddler age and because I'm Hannon certified and I love working with like picky eaters of that age too. So that's the general age range I specialize in, but I really see everyone. I even have a couple of adults that I'm seeing right now for fluency. So it's uh, fun to kind of get to do it all now.
0: So one thing, one challenge that school SLPs have is when that student is that borderline student, like, yes, we can help them, but they don't meet the requirements for school-based services, and we have to be the villain at a meeting and have daggers from everyone in the room, including teachers saying, what do you mean you're not going to see this kid? We don't understand him. And I'm like, well, his scores are not that low what is your perspective or your take or how do you handle that when those parents come to you saying, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) can you help now?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm always like, that is so frustrating. And I know I was like, I talked to school SLPs all the time who are also frustrated by this. You know, I've had it happen where they qualified for like speech in the schools, but not language and vice versa. And so I just say, you know, what are your concerns? How can I help you? And we will, get the testing done. And usually we're able to qualify them in private practice. And that's because we don't have as much red tape as you guys in the schools. So luckily we kind of end up being like the the next step, but yeah, the parents are always pretty frustrated at that, but sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. Do
0: you have any recommendations for school-based SLPs to present this to a parent? Like, Hey, you might not qualify in the schools. However, there is this other option. Do you have any advice on that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, just parents don't often know or realize or they think it's too many hoops to jump through to get to a private practice, but it's really often very simple. And, you know, getting into a clinic, you know, sometimes the wait lists are really long, but there are a lot of solo private practitioners like me. And that was another thing that inspired me to start my own practice. You can just be like, I have a referral for you. Let me give you this, great resource and go for it basically. So just empowering them with that knowledge and
0: making them know it's a little bit easier than it may seem. And I know one concern that many SLPs have is the cost. Can you go into maybe how all the different options are there are out there for parents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are a bunch of clinics who take insurance, Medicaid, and then there are solo practitioners like me. I don't directly take it, but I provide a super bill at the end of the month. And so it's kind of just submitting claims. Like I put down all of the codes that they need, the CPT codes for insurance and the diagnosis codes and everything. And all they have to do is just take that invoice or super bill and give it to their insurance. And I also have a packet that I give parents that says like all of the questions they need to ask insurance. And it's been working really well. I haven't had and run into any issues with it, but for the solo practitioners, they can't take Medicaid. But the bigger clinics often take Medicaid. So there are many options for them
0: to do that. It's very helpful to know that there's so many things to look for, not just like Google's speech in the area kind of thing. Yeah, like that. be more specific in your Googling. <laughs> yeah.
1: And knowing the right fit too for the parents is right. Because some clinics specialize in autism and some cl- clinics specialize in fluency. So like having the right referral. And I'm one of those practitioners who has the abundance mindset where I'm like, I won't take your kid if I'm not the best fit for your kid. I have someone else on this part of town who would be a better fit. So having that collaboration and that mindset is great too.
0: That's so, so helpful. Do you often have clients that come to you that are also receiving services in the schools? Oh yeah, all the time. Because I often find that parents, one, don't tell us that that's happening. Mm -hmm. Or two, they might tell us, but fail to, even no matter how many times we beg for the community, like, give me the name, give me an email, tell me where they work, tell me the street they're on, I'll find them. (laughs) What advice can you give uh, SLPs, you know, in both ends? So like the private practice SLP that's wanting to communicate with the school-based or school-based SLP that wants to collaborate, what advice can you give? Yeah, we on the other side are
1: going through that as well. I often will ask parents like, hey, do you do their speech in the schools? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, tell me your speech therapist name. And they're like, I think it's Miss. Um, um, and they never know. So we are combating that as well over (laughs) here. But as a private SLP, like I'm aware that I have the benefit of spending a lot more time with kiddos and an hour a week, sometimes twice a week. So I know that we have the advantage of more access to the parents typically, So I use that to my advantage and I ask those questions and I push until I get that information. And I often give the release form that we need. I'm like, hey, fill this out or I'll fill everything out. And all they need to do is put the SLP's information on there. And then I'll have my information on there so that SLP can contact me. And it's just usually a very simple email like, hey, I'm the SLP. Let's set up a 10 minute window to chat. And it it always is so helpful
0: to have that. And why do you find it like what have been some of the benefits or aha moments or anything that you've had when you've been able to collaborate? Yeah, I think
1: mostly I use it for prepping for arts, but re- anytime I find out that a kiddo has a school speech therapist, I want to reach out because I've seen differences with my kiddos when I'm one-on-one with them or even just being in the homes. Back when I was in like a big clinic, we could do, you know, little partner activities and I would see things that I didn't see in my individual sessions. Or now that I'm in the homes, I really only see them in the homes with their siblings. So I don't see a lot of that social piece or just how they are with others. So there was this one kiddo in particular that I'm thinking of and she was just like the sweetest little thing like would have never struck me as having any difficulties with friends she was super sociable and everything but then I talked to her speech therapist in the schools, and we had like a five 10 minute conversation and she's like she has no friends at school. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I would have never thought. And mm-hmm. this is when I was very new in the field. I It was like a year that I had this kid on my caseload. And after that, I started giving her like supports of you know, social supports and things like that. And she just kind of blossomed and it ended up being like a really beautiful story. But I had no idea until I talked to this school speech therapist. It was very, it was a good collaboration.
0: Have you ever had different views or opinions on a case with a school SLP? Some conflict? Yeah, com- I feel conflicts? like.
1: Yeah, occasionally, yes. But it's, you know, I was talking to another kiddo's SLP the other day, yesterday, and we're typically on the same page. Like we have generally the same knowledge, but we all have different views. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the way we're trained or the backgrounds we have might sometimes clash because I'm very like DIR floor time based. And so with this one kiddo who had autism, his speech therapist had also done some, done some time, not some time, Mm -hmm. did some, did some work in an ABA clinic that had speech too. So it was very behavioral focused, but this kiddo was particularly very sensitive. And like every time a behavioral punishment or consequence was given, I could just see them shut down. And I was like, oh, like, let's try something different. And so that was, you know, it happens sometimes, but typically it's always been very collaborative and we learn from each other.
0: But that's so helpful to just recognize the backgrounds. And it's not necessarily like you both have the same interest at heart. It's just difference in philosophies. And in the end, you know, this child is getting two people that really care and want the best for them. Exactly. Like we all have the same goal. So (laughs) what are some ways that school-based and private SLPs can work together for collaborating on goal creation or yeah, making treatment plans?
1: Yeah. I, you know, after we set up that like initial 10 minute phone call or whatever, I often will kind of put my like, because oftentimes when I'm calling in a school SLP, I'm wondering how can they better be supported in school and what do they know about them that I don't. And so I'll often have really valuable information that the school speech therapist wants. So what I'll do is I'll just make like, you know, I'm one of the standard type A SLPs. So I love me a good list. I know that the type Bs might not be too happy with that, but it's great and succinct and that it's quick and (laughs) quick is what we need as SLPs. So I love that, but I'll just do like my top five recommendations, like maybe 10, if I'm also working with OT or if it's complex, but never more than five, never more than 10, sorry. And just- kind of send the recommendations that I have and send it to the school SLP. And I'll just like, hey, look this over. Let me know what you think. And then also, once they look it over, we kind of collaborate on that. And then we give it to the teacher, too. Mm -hmm. So everyone's on the same page. And I find that to be a very succinct, easy. And then often when it's that condensed, it's implemented a lot more successfully than if it was this like really long thing that we were
0: giving everyone. I love it. That is just clear everyone's on the same page and everyone's contributing. That's so so helpful. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish school SLPs knew or understood about private SLPs? That's a good one.
1: I feel like I never really run into like the issue of you don't get us or we don't get you, you know, like we're <laughs> all- jobs yeah. harder.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: I mean, you know, kind of just we're going through the same things that y'all are going through, just in a different way. And maybe like for longer spans of time with the same kiddo so just like knowing that we have a lot of a lot of knowledge in a kid sometimes because we've been working with them for years Mm -hmm. um, and working with their family for years so we sometimes come in hot when we want to (laughs) help or like the parent has been kind of shut down from the school system and they're really upset and that's happened to me a few times so I think that just knowing that we're really advocating, and maybe we come in a little hot, but it's it's because we really just want to see these families that we have grown this crazy long attachment to, to be served well by the mm-hmm. school systems. And I'm sure that y'all want that too. But we we have a lot of time. We have
0: our we have our hands tied sometimes. We're <laughs> not allowed to open our mouths sometimes when we want yes, to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to shift gears a little bit, in case anyone listening is wondering. How did you start your own private practice and how did you decide what your expertise would be? Great question. It really just came from like a place of burnout. Honestly,
1: I was just really worked very, very hard at the old private practice I was at. and I am so thankful for that opportunity. It made me the SLP and the confident clinician I am today. And I just, I truly love everyone I worked with, but I was working for a couple of years like 3 years and i was just completely done like i considered switching careers and everything and i was like but i love doing this like i got into this field for a reason and i was like there has to be a way for me to do what i love to do and not feel this way and so i ended up i didn't i probably wouldn't have had to leave my practice but i just felt like i needed a change and kind of needed to transition out and i got a job part time with a home health company in austin And they are very flexible, like they're like, you can have as many or as few kids on your caseload as want, we don't care. And so that was a great opportunity for me. And I really planned to take on more kids with this home health company. But then I decided to take a little bit of a break after I left the private practice I was at, and just only took like two kids at first. And then as I was trying to chill, which I realized I wasn't very good at, I just had, (laughs) had all of these ideas. And then these people talking to me, and I was just like, Okay, with this free time, I'm gonna kind of start something that that's my own, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. I'd had the idea like a long time ago, but it never really seemed like a thing I could do at the time, at the age I was, at the time it was. It just kind of seemed like one of those dreams far off in the distance. And I was like, it actually doesn't have to be. And I did the thing where I took some time off. But I know many school SLPs, many private practitioners who just kind of start seeing private clients on the side and then just build up their caseload from there. And I've been seeing private clients since like March of this year. And now I'm like kind of exploding and it's crazy how quickly it, it's all happening. Mm-hmm. Because once people find out that there's like a, a great practitioner in town, humble humblebrag, that they they want to go to them and then there's not this crazy wait list, and they just slide right in. And so it really can happen a lot easier and a lot quicker than people think.
0: That's, that's great. And I love that you said, like, you can do this at any age with any experience. If you're good and you're confident and you're putting yourself out there, anything's possible. Yeah. Do you, exactly. ha- do you have like a brick and mortar location? Do you go to the homes? Where do you see your yeah. s- clients? I decided
1: to do in-home, I really am averse to taking crazy risks. So I didn't want to take on a bunch of debt. So I tried to do it as minimally, as very cost-effective as possible. So I built a little home office that I'm sitting in right
0: now. Not built, I like got a desk and put it in our room. <laughs>
1: um, but, but I made it. Has, it. I,
0: I, I can verify there's walls around her. Like. There are walls, there are walls.
1: Um, but yeah, I just kind of got everything set up in my apartment the way I wanted to be to file everything correctly. And then the only costs I really have are, you know, like the startup costs with all the assessments and things that I needed and the costs of the LLC and all of that stuff. And then I configured my G suite to be HIPAA compliant. And then I have like a HIPAA compliant messaging app to where I I don't have to use my personal number. So really just minimizing the costs and then just driving out to the homes. And I try to cluster kiddos in certain areas on certain days. So I'm not driving around Austin and and the crazy Austin traffic that we have here. And it's been really, really effective
0: and it's gone really well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for someone who's considering taking on some private clients or considering starting their own private practice? Yeah,
1: I would say do it. (laughs)
0: she's she's like smiling ear to ear as she's saying this just so you know (laughs) it it really has made me very happy and I couldn't
1: have made a better decision for myself but I think as SLPs we often sell ourselves short just in general on all fronts like I've talked to so many SLP friends who don't really realize the power and the weight that the knowledge that we have really holds and it's frustrating to me, especially for women in general, for SLPs in general, that we often are kind of overlooked or deemed like not important, not necessary. And the first couple of years I was still kind of getting my footing. And I really do think you should have a great mentor system that your first couple of years before you jump into private practice, but some people maintain mentor relationships and I still have mentors and stuff, but just once you get your footing and kind of just be confident in yourself and realize like how much power that you really have because once you're communicating with persistence and confidence, then people will know you, you're amazing. There's not much that can stop you once you decide that you're going to do something. And we have incredibly specialized knowledge. And I think it's just inspiring to watch women do this and SLPs everywhere not just women, men, athletes too. Sorry, guys. (laughs) The
0: Mashes, the the men
1: of Asha. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But yeah, I'm just, I'm a big female empowerment type girl. So love when I see women starting their own businesses and things. So I would just say, go for it
0: because you really can do it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Lexi. Where can people learn more about you, your private practice and what you have to offer? Yes. Thank you. So my website is cascaderesilienttherapy.com. And then I'm on
1: Instagram a lot at Cascada Therapy. And I'm even on TikTok. I'm doing wow. the TikTok a bit. I keep calling it the TikTok. And then my friends who are actually on TikTok are like, stop calling it the TikTok. But I'm on that and Facebook. So we'll put all that in the show
0: notes. <laughs> Facebook did start as the Facebook, but that's that okay. Is, I, yeah, <laughs> that's
1: true. I did hear about that. So, you know, maybe I was ahead of the game or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Lexi. And in case I forgot to mention everyone listening, I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend and had fun out in the sun, barbecuing, and all that fun stuff. And I always like to end my episodes with a joke. So, why is a Jedi Knight never lonely? I don't know. <laughs> because the Force is always with him. <laughs> Okay. I'm the
1: hugest Star Wars. My phone case has Stormtroopers. Oh my on.
0: goodness. We didn't even plan that. That is know, so my creepy. Dog's is, my dog's name is Princess Leia, like straight up. So this was an incredible. It thing. was meant to be. It was meant to be. Love I have that. it highlighted Love here. That. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that. That is awesome. Wow, that's incredible. Love that. We're having vibes right here. Well, thank you so much, Lexi. Thank you, everyone listening. Go check Lexi out on Instagram. Send her a DM. Tell her how much you loved hearing her on the episode and let her know maybe one fun tip that you heard that you will bring with you on your day, your week, on your journey. Until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP. Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.